0: Hello, my name is Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Strongly Connected Components, episode 43, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. My guest on today's episode is the journalist and author Alex Bellos. His most recent book, Here's Looking at Euclid, is a journey around the world of mathematics as well as a literal journey around the world. We discuss why he used that method to talk about math. Here we go!
1: My name is Alex Bellos, and I'm the author of Here's Looking at Euclid, which came out in the UK, where I'm from, as you can tell by the accent, as Alex's Adventures in Numberland.
0: Okay. Uh, So I want to thank you very much for uh, joining me, and also I want to say I did finally get around to reading your book, which I had last time we met, and it was fantastic. Oh, thank you. I just gave it to my father uh, to read, actually, because he's a former math teacher.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Great
0: uh and and so i was hoping uh to speak to you a little bit about uh why you've decided to write a math book because that's not something that most people in- including mathematicians do and if i remember correctly you're not a mathematician by yeah
1: by that training. that's true um i was always good at maths at school it was my best subject by far and it was a subject that i went to study at university and i went to university when i was 17 basically because i was i did all the math exams early I was always interested in writing in journalism so I had these two bits of my personality which definitely in this country we call them like the two cultures the sciences and the arts and I had one foot in both uh, camps and at university yes I was doing my maths maths and philosophy degree but I was also spending lots of time doing journalism I ended up editing the university newspaper and at the end of University, I had to find out what I wanted to do, and I was studying here, math and philosophy. There are not many jobs apart from in academia for <laughs> mathem- mathematical philosophers, so it, it seemed much easier. And also, my entire social group actually was journalists. I went and I went to the Brighton Evening Argus and started training up um, as a journalist, and ended up a foreign correspondent for the Guardian newspaper based in South America, where I wrote a book on, on Brazil th- seen through football. I then came back to London, not really knowing what I wanted to do, and then I thought, well, I'd like to write another book, but what can I write a book about? And then I had the idea, well, why don't I revisit my kind of first love, my first passion, but bring to it the skills that I'd learnt um, as a journalist? So I thought, well, that sounds like quite a fun thing to do. So I wrote the proposal, got the deal to do it. And... What I loved about writing my book was using the journalistic approach, which I think is an approach which, because of my kind of unique circumstances, was quite unusual, or is quite unusual in the mathematical literature that there is. Because most math books tend to be written by mathematicians who, by dint mathematicians, have spent their careers doing maths, not going around the world, you know, interviewing Amazonian Indians and beauty queens and what, you know, like I used to do. So i spent uh, the best part of a year going around the world interviewing it, people whose lives somehow linked to maths, and this was exciting to me as a journalist because what i love doing is, is traveling and meeting people and getting stories from people and also it was a way to rediscover um, the maths that, that i learned before and a lot of it had stayed really clear in my mind Um, especially the the mathematical philosophy things like sort of cantor and and russell and stuff like that so it was it was brilliant going back to it knowing that i didn't need to pass any exams knowing i could just choose the bits that were interesting and also using my skills as a writer because when at university writing essays is always very painful and also mathematicians you never have to write essays or even doing proofs sometimes it's quite difficult but proofs is essentially a narrative and it was quite nice actually having 20 years experience in writing narrative to apply that to something which I felt passionately bad
0: no I, I can I can understand all of that uh, i I also happen to like the idea of traveling around talking to people as, yes, as good as job <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I and and I, I want to spend a little bit more time talking about uh, the kind of difference between your book and then other math books because I mean, I've, I, as, as a person who loves mathematics but uh, has gotten a little bit uh, disassociated with the academic community or dissatisfied mm-hmm. with the academic mm-hmm. community as I have, I've spent a lot of time reading uh, popular math books because mm-hmm. I, I find them a lot more enjoyable than textbooks. Uh, but reading yours, it, it was it was uh, very different in that you had uh, people in it, uh, it, it, other who were not necessarily historical mathematical figures. Uh, you know, you don't. It wasn't just about Euler or a- yeah. or something like that. And I was I was wondering if if you could uh, discuss. I mean, not necessarily why. I mean, you've explained why, but what you think uh, doing that can help uh, bring to a book uh, about mathematics?
1: Yeah, I was aiming when I wrote my book at someone who, an audience that hasn't really done math or might have done math 10, 20 years ago at school, um, but that finds it a bit dry and finds it a bit boring, not for the mathematical community. And actually, I've been surprised and sort of it's been wonderful that the mathematical community have read it and actually enjoyed it too, because they weren't the main target. The target was someone who thinks, oh, math is boring. So my aim was to say, no, math is not boring. But you don't tell someone who thinks something is boring, this isn't boring, because that reinforces the fact that they think it's boring because you're trying to argue against it. <laughs> what you do, you've got to let the subject speak for itself. You've got to just talk about how you're interested in it, and you've got to let the um, your enthusiasm be contagious. And I decided to put myself in the book so it's sort of my travels as a travelogue because that is one technique to make a narrative it can be my own understanding of it so i'm your guide and you're with me and as i understand things you come with me and also i realized as a journalist the mantra is show don't tell so you need to just show it the way it is rather than Saying, it is like this. For example, you don't want to say India, which is a poor country. You can say, as I walked up the rickety steps into the temple. I've not told you that it's a poor country. I've showed something. You know, I've shown something. So that that's basically just yeah. really show and tell. And what I realize would be great is rather than me telling you the math have someone interesting tell you the math in an interesting way. So I could talk about hyperbolic geometry, for example, by saying, you know, there was Euclidean geometry, and then in the uh, 19th century, uh, Bolyai and Lobachevsky and blah, 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 blah. It's quite boring me saying it. But if I have a female academic from Latvia who has made an advance using crochet, tell me in sort of excited tones about how she was crocheting in front of her husband and she was like, wow, look what I've done. I've done what no one could do before. Then you have her story and it just becomes a lot more interesting. Likewise, you know, the story of Zero. You know, the whole book's been written on Zero. You know, Zero invented by the Indians maybe one and a half thousand years ago. I could have said... Zero was invented by the Indians one and a half thousand years ago. Much more interesting to say But in the temple, the guru dressed in pink robes sat down in front of 20 people all prostrate on the floor and he said zero was invented here only one and a half thousand years ago. And all of a sudden that's just much more interesting. And yes, I am sugarcoating the pill. I'm trying to go slowly and give all these other things that people can grab hold of before i get to the complicated the bit that's a bit more conceptual a bit more complicated and i guess the trick and i'm not sure i succeeded in all cases is to go slow enough to take the non-mathematician but to include enough color that's entertaining for the person who knows where you're going to actually want to stick with you and that's that's the trick because usually you either go too slow People who know anything about maths, who turns out are, are my main readers now, um, think, ah, this is so slow. I've read this in other books. Or you go too fast, where the lay reader, the general reader, just says, ah, this guy, who does he think I am? Does he think I've got a degree in maths? So that's that was how I approached that problem. It was to bring in as much extraneous colour. On the one hand, slowed things down so you weren't being bombarded by conceptual ideas, but also made it entertaining for people who knew what was coming. You know, yeah. proper math people.
0: Uh, so, and, I mean, talking about putting in this color and uh, use, using uh, a, a more narrative structure, such as your travels, mm-hmm. uh, and I happen to agree that there are actually a lot of very interesting stories in the mathematical world as long as you can, f- as long as you frame them kind yeah, of in, yeah. in the right. Uh, Wait, do you, do you think that uh, if enough people uh, try to do, say, what you, you have been doing, uh, we could start getting more people, say, interested in telling these stories, say, other journalists, and maybe uh, up the level of, of mathematical journalistic coverage because they can start to realize that there's actually stories here to tell?
1: I think that the problem that you have with math. Terms of the journalistic edge is that anything that was done beyond about 1650 is far too difficult for 98% of the population. So you don't really get news in maths the way that you get news in all the other sciences because any development that you're going to get is too complicated to explain or even for me to understand. But what I think you can get is interesting new ways to tell the same basic stories. So, you know, I wrote a whole whole chunk on, say, base systems. Uh, You know, we talked about the campaign for base 12. There's so much more other ways that you could tell that story that I would have thought that people probably will pick up on. You know, there are... Something I didn't go into at all, say hexadecimal, which is loads of computers, you know, in of, of, of computing. Most people don't know that. You could, the maths is as old as the hills. Well, it's as old as, and there are numbers really, base systems. But there are new ways to tell those old stories. So I'm not sure if that answers the questions. I, I don't think you're going to get journalists writing popular articles about the latest development in maths because it's too too complicated but i think you will possibly get people telling those old stories using a different way because i think the success of my book has shown that people like that kind of thing you know people are afraid of maths when they think it's school math but actually people love puzzles and games and maths is really puzzles and games and maths is actually more than puzzles and games. Maths is dealing with sort of philosophical issues. You know, what is infinity? Is infinity a mathematical problem, or is it a spiritual prob- a problem, or a religious problem, or a philosophical problem? You have the idea of, well, what are numbers anyway? Could we exist without numbers? That's a social problem. You know, lots of things that touch on maths that can be brought out in a way that people who say they don't like maths will be really interested in? No, oh, no. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm preaching to the converted here, but <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what I think.
0: Yeah, that's 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 true. Uh, and, <laughs> and while uh, this is a bit of a leading question because I uh, happen to know the answer to it yeah. already, but uh, can people who uh, were fans of your previous book expect uh, another one?
1: Yeah, well, I'm writing the next one at the moment, which is going to be more maths in the same sort of in the same way, the same genre. So I have been around the world, well, not, not around the world. I've been to Hungary and Germany and America so far, and I'm writing up those interviews. And the book will you'll be able to read the book if you haven't read the first book. So it's not a sequel. But it is in the same style. You know, and, and the bits of math that I'll be talking about are the maths, are simple maths I didn't get in the first book, which, if you don't think about maths, is kind of the, some quite major areas I didn't cover. For example, trigonometry. Absolutely nothing. I don't mention the word sign <laughs> in the entire book. So that has been corrected. Um, I'm going to try. To get up to calculus, but I wonder even if calculus is not too complicated for the journal reader. I hope it is, isn't, and I think there are certain things that with good images you can explain, but you know, I haven't got to that bit yet. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of cover trigonometry calculus that gets slightly more applied what I would call applied maths than the very pure stuff which was what I was most interested in at school anyway so yeah I mean that and the idea is I finish this book by next summer and it comes out in
0: 2013 okay well (laughs) I hope so I (laughs) have something to to look forward to and and (laughs) until then they should just reread your first one over and over and over again
1: yeah try the one I wrote on Brazil Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you you can't get enough of my writing. (laughs) Okay.
0: Uh, Well, thank you very much. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of Strongly Connected Components. If you have any feedback or perhaps you want to suggest a guest, please send me an email to my personal email address samuel at AcneScience.com. also do not forget to go over to acmescience.com and check out the blog post for this episode and while you're at it why don't you click on the little link and buy alex's book can't hurt you might even learn something the music from this episode is the high song by and Firm at the beginning, and the he's gonna be talking over right now is by SP12. You can find them over at Opsound.org. And this podcast is, as always, licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution share-alike license. So please feel free to take all the audio, remix it to your heart's content. As long as you say you got it from us here at Strongly Connected Components. Thank you all so much for listening and uh, also for dealing with the uh, various hiatuses and everything that's in, uh, happening right now because I am in the middle of uh, working on Relatively Prime. So once again, thank you very much. And I hope you come back for another episode of Strongly Connected Components.